Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Simply Jewel, a typical podcast where we talk about life struggles, encompassing health, wellness, and alternative approaches to medicine naturally. Your host is Simply Jewel. So let's get ready to heal the mind, body, and soul. She's atypical of the average. SimplyJewel.com. introduce you. Uh, We've been talking and we both understand and agree that there is a need for awareness and education when it comes to um, the warming centers and health and wellness. So everybody, I want to welcome Deborah Noel Shaw to Simply Jewel, a typical podcast. She is a well, totally into education, has a master's degree in education. She also has her license in the LDAC1. So, Deborah, Uh welcome to the platform. And let's just keep talking. We've been talking a lot about um, the need to educate and bring awareness. So, what were we saying? Let's just pick up from where we left off on the uh, Simply Jewel Cosmetics and Health Services Facebook page. Um, And we were talking about um, people coming together, uh, churches. Let's just start there. Absolutely. Um, Right now we have a, a, a population of individuals in our society that are displaced due to several reasons, you know, um, homeless, um, unemployment, COVID, and the list goes on. But the churches need to be aware that there are resources. Um, The churches shouldn't be afraid to open their doors, I don't feel, as a warming station. And, um, letting individuals come in you know one thing i had not shared with you jewel years ago i had the opportunity to go to new york city and i had always wanted to visit times square church um at that time david wilkerson was living um he's the author of the cross and the switchblade book and i just wanted to go there well i went And it was on a Wednesday night. And the thing that I admired about that concept during the time that church was never closed, they treated it like it was a hospital. Literally, it was open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They had security in it and they allowed their homeless to stay in their church. They could make them a pallet, you know, on the floor and um, down their aisles, they had pillows and blankets available to them. But I was like, okay, you know, sometimes they need prayer, they need counseling, and that church was staffed with that. Oh, wow. 
why aren't more churches doing this? Because sometimes there are crises in the middle of the night and sometimes people just need individuals to talk to. Um, in the, the whole the whole concept, you know, with warming stations right now, not every community wants a homeless shelter in their community. You know, they're worried about prop property taxes. Are they gonna is it gonna be grant funded? How are we going to support this? However, warming stations or emergency places for the homeless to be able to go on a short term basis, four to seven days until the temperatures get above freezing seems to be very realistic and it worked in our community and the community really really rallied together during that Christmas week to make it happen um when we decided that we were going to do it because we were open three of those seven days anyway um we did not have the funding in place we said that we were going to do it we wanted to help and our community rallied behind. They brought us food, restaurants donated food, people donated pillows and blankets and sleeping bags and hand warmers and toothbrushes and toothpaste and deodorant. Everything we needed to house individuals and make a tough situation for those that were in that situation a more pleasant opportunity and they were quite thankful many of them had not had hot meals in weeks and to hear someone say you may have saved my life i probably would have been fro i probably would have frozen to death was like you know we take the common amenities of light and water and heat for granted sometimes yeah now let me ask you this what do you think the problem is because i hear you say your community and do you think it's the mindset of the community how is it that certain areas really come together and certain areas don't are we still saying education is important or bringing awareness is it because people don't have that information i'm just trying to find out where is the disconnect i think it's awareness and people are so busy that we don't pay attention um we just see one someone riding a bicycle and we think that that person riding a bicycle is just riding a bicycle maybe because they're they're healthy. Um, we don't think that that person may be riding the bicycle because they don't have identification. They can't afford a car. They may be in between their blessings. We don't mm -hmm. think that that person could be living off the grid, um, that they truly help. And because, you know, their clothes are a little tattered or dirty, you know, that stigma's out there we don't they don't look like us they don't act like us they don't drive what we're driving um we we don't know to how to accept and look beyond that that there may be a deeper need with that individual wow and i, and I think 
jewel that goes on in a, in a lot of communities. I mean, people don't yeah. pay attention, I, I feel. You know, homelessness or p- individuals being displaced can look different in different situations and depending on what level. Here where I am in Tennessee, I have noticed there are people that live with no water and no electricity, but they have a roof over their head. They stay in a structure, whether it's a garage, whether it's a trailer, whether it's a modular home, and they live like that. Wow. And they get used to it. And they're used to it. They're very comfortable living that way until it gets extremely hot or it becomes extremely cold. They they learn how to survive. They, yeah. they don't want the stereotype and system or people criticizing them or asking them a lot of questions. They're not free to conversate many times because they don't know who to trust. Sometimes they have children and grandchildren in these situations and they're afraid to say too much for fear they're going to be um, reported and their loved ones are going to be snatched from them. Or they're afraid, you know, some of them have therapy animals. They're afraid their animals going to be removed from them because um, they're not maybe able to nourish them the way we we feel they, they should be nourished. Yeah, yeah. That's a that, that's the problem, you know. I think that's one of the biggest problems, and we've gotten to the point where we're so far gone. I feel that how do we even get back to that place of unifying and making people feel like they are not ostracized, that they are included, yet. They may be different from what we're used to, but they're still people. Well, I think that we have to educate. I think it's bringing awareness that this is still going on. That we, um, there is a, a stigma associated with it. You know, many individuals that are in between their blessings, I call it, you know, are struggling with mental illness. Sometimes their mental illness is substance use related. Um, And they've just gotten kind of in a rut or in a hole and it keeps getting deeper, deeper and deeper. And sometimes they don't even know how to communicate what they're feeling and what their needs are. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think as a society, we have to become more educated in our communities to see what resources are available for them. That's a good, that's a good point. Because, you know, although we're not in a perfect world,
Yes. Yeah, so I was just saying, you know, although we're not in a perfect world, you know, I was just thinking, what and who do we need to contact or connect with to help bring awareness? Because my issue is some of these facilities are not equipped. Um, basically, that they, uh, they're not able to connect with the community because they don't even know what they're living. So that's one of the issues that I've come to find. And then when we try to educate and bring people to the forefront to understand what you understand, there's some sense of um, anxiety. There's a sense of jealousy. There's a sense of, of what can I say? They're, they're not combative, but they're pretty much, um, I'm trying to find the right word. It's almost like they are, um, defensive that you have to show them something so what do you think about that well the people you want um i feel around the table is what we we call it in our prevention world we operate off of 12 sectors of people that means you want to have your city government people there your county government officials even if it's not your city in um county mayors directly they you may have a city or county manager you want your police chief your sheriff you want your school system involved you want you know people in the healthcare industry involved um be it your local health department people from the recovery world are um are at that table you know your medical personnel, be it um, emergency room or, you know, nurse practitioners, um, PAs, people that are treating and seeing these things so they can educate all of those parties that are sitting around the table. You know, it's education. They have to know law enforcement needs to have sensitivity training on how to identify and deal with a person that may be um, combative or sensitivity training on how to um, speak to someone that may not be the same skin tone of them. They may need Mm -hmm. to learn the importance of um, being bilingual. Um, they, They may need to learn how to deal with someone when they're in an abusive relationship and they're they're transitioning or leaving that so it's all education we have to realize that we're not all experts in everything and that we can learn from each other but it is going to have to cross sectors in our community even people that work in the for-profit and non-profit um, world can 
from those arenas, they can they can bring things, um, experiences, and make individuals and counties aware of grants that are aware, you know, are are available in that community. Having United Way, you know, sometimes at the table um, can be a benefit if you have um, workers in um, domestic violence can help deal with training. You have people that train in mental health, whether they're a personal therapist, to to help you identify and to ask the per the the proper questions to be mindful of um, the stigmas and the bias that exist in in various cultures. It, it's important, but it cannot just be one group of people. You know it. You know, the church leaders need to be there because they need to be aware and to share their feeling um, about some of this as as well, what they are seeing um, in their congregations. You know, mental illness is not just um, those sitting in the pew. Um, You can see them at the grocery store. You can see it anywhere. Absolutely. That's good stuff. Yeah, we just have to bring awareness. And I like what you said about, um, excuse me, people in the situation to deal with um, the training because nobody knows it better than them. People that are living it, people that need to uh, bring awareness are the ones that's living in the situation and once they get through it they're able to assist you see absolutely you know we did this warming station during the Christmas week and one of the individuals that stayed with us during that time he was he came to our meeting today and he was able to um, share his experience, what it was like yeah. being, and what it was like um, coming back. You know what it was like going back to the street. You know, and how he felt during that time. And you know, um, try to bring in 12 sectors yes within your community so sitting at that table you want your school system your law enforcement you want healthcare professionals you want um, your local health department you are wanting um, maybe people that own pharmacies Okay. Your school, you know, you may have a school resource um, representative. You're going to want clergy there. You're wanting people from the recovery community, you know, to be there. Um, You're wanting individuals from the mental health community. You're wanting to bring as many community partners to the table to talk about community needs you 
domestic violence is is really prominent in our society. So if you have that, if you have some an agency that deals with su- suicide prevention, you're wanting everyone to be there so that you can learn from each other. And then during that time, say one month, you're going to have training about warning signs of suicide. The next time you're going to be, have someone talk about what are the signs of um, mental health. Maybe the next meeting, you're going to talk about um, substance abuses as it relates to opiates. Then you you may the next time get on the topic of tobacco and vaping, where it relates to youth and adults, because those identifiers are going to be different. The same way for alcohol, those opportunities are are going to be different. And sometimes you want to bring awareness about that. You know, prom will be coming up in April for many schools. Um, you know, you you start putting that verbiage in the community um, about under, underage um, alcohol sales. Are your signs displayed in um, your local community um convenience stores about IDs for alcohol sales? Are they on the coolers? Are there um, signage there about selling tobacco in vape shops or um, vaping products to minors? Are, are the signs visibly displayed that people know that this isn't um, accepted? You know, each state has compliance requirements about that, that the the common um, citizen often doesn't know. And so if you, as a prevention coalition, we help with some of the regulations and um, the monitoring to make sure that our vaping stores, tobacco shops, our convenience stores are displaying the correct signage for minors. And then sometimes, yes. yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, yes, that's what makes sense to me. However, what doesn't make sense is that there's so much work that needs to be done. I think that's where people, um, for the most part are lost and don't know what they should be doing and to me these are the things that the community and all of these officers and people who regulate this stuff should be including the communities that's where i think we've gotten lost because nobody's including anybody they're just operating on their own and putting it out there it's just like the signs you know people are still saying wear a mask but they're not enforcing it right well i think like with in prevention prevention is the education piece um a lot of times we we are the policy makers we sometimes have to be the policy enforcers to enforce this information and and say hey we have regulations about this we need to evaluate the language in this are there gaps can we fine-tune this? But 
people have to be engaged. Sometimes it takes going to the Capitol in your local state and and becoming vocal about certain issues and bills that are getting ready to that are on the books to become possible law and you know work with those lobbyists in your communities to help lobby for some policy changes um it it does take a community and it it, it includes the faith-based community the faith-based community should be one of those 12 sector members sitting in that table so they're aware so they're able to identify you know you need to find therapists from different cultures i feel because certain cultures may not be able to relate to certain behaviors from other culture we need to have cultural awareness people want to talk to people that look like them i agree that understand their upbringing that goes from male to female to those that are even um in the you know other sectors you know we're getting into um how can i say that other classes some people are identifying themselves as other we have transgender out there we need to have a sensitivity doesn't have any thing to do with our personal beliefs sometimes we can have um personal beliefs one way or another but when you really want to bring about change you come with an attitude of gaining knowledge yes but we also have a a a, a system of like the at will state you know they they can pick and choose who they want to pick that's what people are saying and that's why people are getting frustrated because it's unfair and unjust and that's what we have to also bring to the table that like you say laws need to be changed and if we can't change the laws collectively then it who's who is it really serving so that's what people in the community are saying that's why they're getting frustrated and they just want to be a part of society a part of their community but you're so right it 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 makes sense but now we have to put the elbow piece in as my dad would say to do mm-hmm. the work so that we can get people to do what we all should be doing not just a, a few people but all people need to be involved absolutely absolutely everyone you know I hear people often say, "Well, my vote doesn't matter. My voice doesn't matter." It yeah. only matters if you're consistent with your message. You have to persevere. We've been a coalition for about 18 months. Okay? We're not funded. We do That's it amazing. We do it with faith. 
No one gets a salary. No one gets a paycheck. We are 100% volunteers, but we want to see community change. We were tired of seeing people die. Okay. When in 2019 in our community, there were 82 non-fatal drug overdoses. And it was like, why are people dying? Why are we having non-fatal overdoses, which were high, when we have Narcan and Naloxone available at our dispense? All we had to do through the nasal spray is train. And I'm, did people know this? And our medical EMS, emergency, fire, those individuals were perfectly aware of it and were using it. But the community did not realize that it was accessible. Oh, wow. I contacted Emergent, who is the uh, company that makes the Narcan in the four uh, four milligram and said, how can I get this and start training people in my community? You never know if someone's going to pass out in the grocery store. Right. Um, Right at Thanksgiving, we had a man at a local supermarket that died from a drug overdose. They didn't know they weren't trained. Oh, and wow. This was the week of th- the Sunday before Thanksgiving. This happened. You might see someone that passes out at a gas station pump. We don't know. And these individuals, you know, it takes a while for EMS to get there. Right. It could take, you know, five <laughs> minutes or more. And if someone is in that state, every moment counts. Absolutely. It's critical. And we just can't go on and ask um, or remain like there aren't resources. There's not education. You know, everyone should know in America now about Narcan. And if they're not they ought to be willing to get trained. And if they don't know how to get the Narcan training, they should be willing to call their state health department if no less, or say, hey, how can we get Narcan training here? You see commercials on television for it. Um, you know, it's a doable solution, but will people take the 45 minutes to do it? Yeah. Well, you know, you have been most informative, and that's what I think we can bring up again if everybody um, will tune in next Saturday on Simply Jewel Cosmetics and Health Services. We can talk about these things again because bringing awareness is important, and we can just keep saying,
and over and over again, like you say, repetition. And so they get used to hearing this. I think this will be a good way to bring awareness to the community. But um, again, Deborah, I just want to thank you for coming on. Um, and please feel free to let me know how you, you know, want to move forward, how we can continue to have these conversations uh, because it's worth having. And I'm sure the listeners tonight got an earful. Uh, please excuse our technical difficulties, but uh, bring us on home, Deborah. In closing, what would you like to say? Well, I want to thank you for this opportunity. I want to thank you for having a heart to bring about change and bring awareness to multiple needs in our communities. And I look forward to doing this again. And I want to challenge those of you who are not Narcan trained to contact your local health department and or mental health person or your local pharmacy and ask them how you can obtain Nartan training and um, be prepared in the event of a opiate overdose. Yes, much needed education is needed. Well, thanks a lot, Deborah, and to all the listeners, you have been listening to Simply Jewel, a typical podcast. Peace and blessings. Until next time, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.